Good morning. It's 9.30 on Friday, the 22nd of May, 2020. This is show number 42. My goodness. And it is, of course, Horowitz Friday. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. Well, that's a good start to the day, isn't it? 42, show 42. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. A cracking show for you uh, this uh, fantastic Friday. You're going to love Anthony. I started watching him on the British menu just after I'd recorded him, and he was just the same. What a lovely gentleman. Absolutely fabulous. So going to like it. You are so. Here's how the contact details. Contact the show right now. Send a text to the studio. 07624 802272. Email us on radioblogging at or drop us a contact request via the website radioblogging.net. Thanks, Amy. Really good for that one. That's a new jingle. You will have recognised that as well. We'd love to hear from you during the show. Please get in contact with us. Let us know where you're listening from and what you are up to. Ian, the great professor, what's happening with you, sir? Oh, do you know what? I'm so, so looking forward to today. We've had a cracking week, but this is going to be amazing. We're going to have some great interaction today. Got two great games that I'm going to play with Pi coming up shortly. Pi, I'm really excited for today. It's going to be a great show, isn't it, today? It is. It's Anything Can Happen Friday. Do be careful with your pronunciation. <laughs> it's Anything Can Happen. Deputy Mitchell, how's the site hanging together there? Oh, the site is looking great this morning. Um, superb. We've got uh, a fantastic guest. Any, when I've been a Key Stage 2 teacher, well, a Year 6 teacher, pretty much all my teaching life. And uh, Anthony uh, is an author that every Key Stage 2 teacher will know. And every um, every Key Stage 2 child, I expect, it's going to be a fantastic, a fantastic show. Really excited, really looking forward to this one. Russell, can't wait. Brilliant. Excellent. So looking forward to that. I didn't know he was that old. My goodness. <laughs> That's amazing. He's so young. It's all down to good moisturiser, I'm quite sure. Fabulous. Let's meet the man himself, Mr. Moisturiser. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net. What's happening over there at Share Pie? Pie? Well, <coughs> all is very good. We had a, another early call um, because the home needed uh, uh, my son in, so he's off. He's wheeled the trolley round and made sure everybody's had their cuppa. He will have served them breakfast by now. Phone the aged aunt. She is good, crispy and crunchy, on very good behaviour and top form. And I'm sitting in the garage, absolutely ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a great one today. And I, I'm very grateful to Anthony because... Uh, like so many um, folk, my, my son, when he was a sort of year six, sort of grunting and not wanting to read at all. And it was only when I sneaked him surreptitiously a copy of uh, uh, the early Alex Ryder books. He sort of raised an eyebrow and slunk off to his room. And next thing I knew, he'd read the whole thing. I think it was Stormbreaker. And thereafter, that got him going. He read and he read and he read. It's always about finding the right book, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for children. And you telling them the they right can't read text. it as well, Pi. Telling yes. them they can't read. Don't read this. Whatever you do, do not read this. Yes. 
I often think in secondary schools we should ban um, uh, uh, reading completely. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've heard the reading and it is an absolute edge of the seat cracker. Um, he, he, he really is a punchy one. We ought to get on, though. Those of you who've not been with us before, we uh, always begin the day by playing a couple of games. So Ian and I will play the games <clears throat> and then we have a musical interlude while you play the games at home. So here we go. Creative Games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. OK, so here we go. And good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, very well, Doctor, Doctor. Thank you. Very well, indeed. Looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, so am I. And the first one um, is um, the first one is all right. I just need to refresh my page. So anyone who's looking, I'm um, Deputy Mitchell. Are you there? I am indeed. Oh, there it is. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, great. I'm loving it. Oh, we're all clicked on today's show. And it says it's Horowitz Friday. And if you go down a little bit, everybody, can you see? Can you see? This is across the road from where I live. Can you see the cat at the top of the telegraph? Oh, can you see that here? Yes, I can. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's perfect, isn't it? It's perfect. And there is the cat at the top of the telegraph pole. Yeah. Um, and that is a long, long way up. Mm. Um, and I don't know how it got up there. I mean, rumor has it that it, it, it saw Gerald the mouse and he, fri he frightened it up the pole. <laughs> but uh, the first game is going to be, can we think of 10 ways, let's say, to uh, get the cat down from the top of the telegraph pole? So that, that's the first game. And, you're, and we can be creative, obviously. So do you want to start off? Uh, yes. So I'm going to start off with um, set up a cat zip wire. Compared that with two on the first one, right? Grease the pole and catch it. Uh, go on a pogo stick to the top and grab it. Okay, haul out a mattress and shout, Jump! <laughs> uh, launch yourself from a giant catapult. Hire an eagle. Uh, mix a rainbow spell at the bottom of the pole for the cat to walk down. Get Jack, three beans, and grow a fast growing beanstalk. Um, build a mechanical arm to reach up and grab it. You've been practicing. I know. <laughs> practicing. It's not fair on me. Pegasus, get hold of Pegasus and fly up and nab it. Uh, blow up some heavy-duty inflatable steps for the cat to walk down. Oh, you really are. You're on top of your game here, I tell you. This is fantastic. That's the first game, folks. The cat down. Woohoo! And uh, act the truth actually is, I have a film of it somewhere, is that the cat, um, he came down sort of backwards um, and really dug his claws into the pole and edged his way down backwards. It was really quite something to watch because we thought we we're going to have to get the fire uh, brigade out. OK, that's the first game. Great one to do. Great fun. Mm. The next one is a days of the week game. We've done alphabet games. We've done counting uh, games, but we've not done days of the week. I thought we could just play around, just warm our imaginations up and do days of the week. And each day, some sort of miraculous event occurs. OK, um, okay. Uh, so I'll start us off on Monday. A bus turned into red jelly and wobbled off to Tesco's on Tuesday. 
a pencil was created that has an inbuilt spell checker. I've always wanted one of those. I know. Super. Very, very handy, wouldn't it? On Wednesday, the clouds got together, formed a rather damp looking crowd and went to the Houses of Parliament to complain <laughs> about <laughs> about all sorts of things. I can't I can imagine. There'll be plenty. Uh, on Thursday, uh, a horse stood up and conducted an orchestra. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love that horse conducting orchestra. Okay, on uh, we're on Friday now. On Friday, a man turned into a fish, a salmon it was, turned into a fish and uh, swam up the River Severn. Oh, lovely. On Saturday, Gerald packed Frank into Connie and drove them to the beach in goat's milk. <laughs> You've been working on that for ages. Okay, so well, we're on to Sunday now. On Sunday, um, on Sunday, my hands um, grew fish fingers, and um, and I chewed my nails greedily. It was a scare. So there we are, folks. We've got two games. We've got a days of the week just playing around with the ideas. Ten ways to get the cat down from the top of the telegraph pole. <laughs> um, everybody gets going with that. And Russ, have we got some music and maybe a few shout outs just to get ourselves gonna going? Gonna need to lie down after that. <laughs> music indeed. Oh, well done, boys. That was a, we thought that was good here. We thought it was really good. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, tw- 20, t- 20 minutes to 10 now, and we couldn't do anything else. Hello, my name is Anthony Horowitz. I'm the author of the Alex Ryder books, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Time for Muppets. Don't forget, bloggers, you can play those games on your own. If it's just you sitting there just by yourself, you can use your notebook and play those games all by yourselves. Next week on radioblogging.net, it's our first holiday club. An hour of fun and games, music and poetry, listener votes, competitions and lots of larking about. It's Radio Blogging Holiday Club. Same time, same place on radioblogging.net. Oh, the shout-outs are coming in thick and fast. Good morning to you all. Thank you so much. Keep them coming. Joe Pierce has been on the love. I have to read this. On Friday, the government's Department for Creative Writing demanded that all children spend at least one hour a day thinking, reading, dreaming, playing and writing. It was to be called radio blogging and everyone loved it joe spets absolutely spent do we like that absolutely love that as well scott dunn as well thank you so much indeed that's so good uh, mrs algrani lovely to have you with us will forever remind me of kids running around the kitchen during lockdown how lovely you're so kind as well uh nicola van burke listening in australia ha ha listening to pie court deputy mitchell in fits of giggles playing language games and fills my heart with joy oh you're so kind as well everyone's loving the muppet music there as well loads from rachel rachel or our house band is listening as well lovely thank you so much indeed nice to hear from you always good maria richards good morning it's how it's friday it so is people are loads of excitement there going on lorraine harrison thank you so much indeed victoria ellis is with us about morning very excited to have uh anthony on the show bantock primary school make sure you join thank you so much these recommendations it's always lovely to read that as well miss hill is with us again hello welcome to you again claire is also joining us and andy mcfarlane as well thank you so much indeed uh, it's really good to hear from you all and keep those coming ian what do you have for us 
Russell, thank you very much indeed. Mrs. McCarran, good morning. Shout out to the Inspiring Sign class in Minchin Hampton, not far away at all from here. Anora, please can I have a shout out? Yes, indeed you can. Isabel also would like a shout out this morning. Uh, Izzy, good morning to you. Loves Alex Ryder Books. Edith would like a shout out for cousin CJ from me and Bebop. Uh, Bebop has been in touch as well. Please can I have a shout out for Betty, Martha and Daphne. We all love the show. Good morning, Bethany. Thank you for getting in touch. Also, Jacob in Winchester would like a shout out. It's your first time listening listening what a day to choose today thank you so much for tuning in mrs murrin a friday shout out to the children and staff of stonewith woodford all ready to go again today with anthony horowitz india from pensby primary please can i have a shout out thanks p.s i love radio blogging thank you also on the email don't forget you can email radio blogging at gmail.com that will come through to us in the studio lorraine harrison please can you give a shout out to all the schools in waterton academy trust who i know are listening today also to wexham court primary school these schools kindly help me edit a draft of my new novel angel's child last year which i will be reading on the holiday show on tuesday you heard it here first ladies and gents they gave me some brilliant feedback thank you so much indeed james has been looking forward to today been listening for a week and it is really interactive i'm glad you think so but it's what we that's what we try for i never did writing until now so thank you for doing this what a lovely message and it really is lovely james to hear that thank you mrs mccalmont horowitz friday come on stone with woodford home learning doesn't get much better than that let's get writing indeed let's get writing and also you can contact us by going to the bottom of today's show page and you can add a comment as these people have done isla Woke up at seven o'clock for this, but then realized it wasn't on until 9.30. Well, don't worry. <laughs> you are well prepared, Isla. So I would imagine you are raring to go. Don't worry. I'll hand over to Pi in a minute. I'll get on with the show. Sam, uh, a shout out to all of their friends at Witchwood Primary School. Eliza, loving radio blogging, won't miss it for anything. You're very kind. Thank you very much. Arthur is so excited for Anthony Horowitz. Reading one of his books at the moment, can you give a shout out to Stone School, especially all the year six? Jack, good morning to you. Also to Ella, can't wait for today. Still eating breakfast, but listening as well. That was earlier. I'm sure you're ready now. Uh, at Karsha, that is. Um, oh, oh my goodness, love Anthony Horowitz books. Can't wait to hear him read Alex Ryder or something. How is Gerald? We'll find out later, I'm sure. I'm sure Pi will give us an update. Shreesha, hello, good morning. Thank you very much indeed. And finally, for now, Olivia, hello everyone. So excited for today's show. Can't wait to get started. Can I have a shout out from me and my best friend, Alexandra? Well, people are waiting. So, Pi, it's over to you. Okay, great. Thanks, uh, Ian. Lots and lots of uh, uh, people who uh, we know well uh, logging on. I love Joe Pierce's tweet. Isn't that fantastic? Um, it is a bit how I see things, I must say. I do think all of the work that um, the children are doing, I do think it's all important. Um, that ability to think creatively, uh, I think, really, really matters. Okay, let's press on. So, at the end of each show, if you've not been with us before, at the end of each show, there's an opportunity for you to uh, to write, to refine, to blog, but also to record your piece of writing. And we had two possibilities. We had a quite surreal map poem, but also uh, um, an inside outside uh, piece of writing to do with um, a scary setting, really. Russell, what have you got for us this time? Oh, three crackers, I have to say. And bloggers, they're getting better and better. And thank you so much. And don't forget, you can join Ian and myself at 2.15 today on Radio Blogging because we're going to do a masterclass on how to record. And it's as if these people have already attended. Betty is up first. Mm. 
This is the map of an unknown land where terrifying monsters roam. This is the map of territorial sea dwellers guarding their waters. This is the map of islands and crashing waves and stormy seas. This is the undiscovered route maker, land creator, leading people on unforgettable and survivable journeys. This is the map of newly charted places and imprecise directions. This is the map of breathtaking mountains and cavernous pits. This is the map of life or death, nowhere in between, where only the toughest and fittest return. Yes, this is the map of an unknown land where terrifying monsters roam. That was Betty. Betty is new to the show. What do we think of Betty? I thought it was superb. Really good use of language. I love the territorial sea dwellers, the undiscovered route maker, the imprecise directions. She's really worked hard on that, crafted it well, read it very clearly. Fantastic work, Betty. Well done. Really enjoyed that. What have we got next, Russell? James R., who's also new to the show. Congratulations. These are stunning first recordings, folks. James R., Map of Thieves. This is the map of thieves. Cities stole towns. Towns stole villages. Outside, everyone was evil. Inside, everyone wanted the world to be theirs. They thought they were leader of the world, but they weren't. World wars started. 72 sides against each other. No one was friendly. No one was kind. No one was helpful. Great read there from James. That was really interesting. I'm going to have to listen to that one two or three times. I love the way he read it with such emphasis. That was a really deep, rich piece of writing. Mm, Fantastic stuff, James. Well done. Have you got another one for us? I have Chloe again. We've heard from Chloe before, but this is just absolutely amazing. This is a map of joy. This is a map of peace. This is a map full of sweet birds twittering in the day and full of lullaby nightingales at night. This map carries warm and breezy summers. This map carries crisp and cold winters. This map has a lion with gold fur called Aslan. This map has a castle, now a ruin, called Kerpevril. This map has books, good books, resting on every shelf. This map has a family's warm hug inside it. This map has forests full of flowers. This map has steep hills. This map has ocean glows. This map is my imaginary map. Do you like that one as well? I did. I like the uh, suggestion at the end that actually the map she's created is really her imagination. I also like the fact that she changed, <coughs> uh, slightly changed the way in which I'd done it. And I think that's good. She had this, th- this, I like the idea of this map carries, this map has. So it's a really good example of somebody taking the idea, but making it their own. And I love the way it led towards that ending. Yeah, fantastic. Wasn't that crystal clear? Brilliant. Every single word you could hear, fantastic recording. Well done, Chloe. Marvellous stuff. Um, uh, that's it then, Russ, is that, it? That's it. There were many there. We only have really have time for about three, uh, depending on the length of them. But these were quite quite wordy, so I wanted to get them in about three. But keep them coming, folks. They're always on the site, and people can play them, and they can uh, click on the like button, so you can collect, collect some lights on there as well. Um, and they're up there forever, and that's really important. 
Yeah. Now we get to the bit we've all been waiting for. So, folks, you are on today's show and you can see the cat at the top of the pole very, very nicely. And just under it, there's an orange box. And um, if we click on that, it says Anthony Horowitz response. So click on that and up will come a padlet that that's uh, looks rather like a sort of um, sepia colored box there. And in a moment, we're going to hear Anthony read. Uh, from Nightshade, uh, the latest Alex Ryder book. And we like to give our authors and poets a response of some sort, tell them what we thought of it. So in order to do that, if you look down uh, to the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see, see there a pink blob with a uh, plus mark on it. Just click on that. Up comes a post-it. Now, it says title. That's where you put your name. Now, everything that you write is read and double checked by Deputy Mitchell uh, and others. So everything is moderated. Nothing can go up here that shouldn't go up here. Now we click down then where it says write something, drop the cursor down, click, and I'm ready to write. And we're going to give Anthony some responses. We're going to talk about all sorts of things could come up here. What do we like about it? Any words or phrases? Any points in the uh, writing that we thought was were really clever or highly effective? Any images uh, created in our imagination? What do we think is going to happen next? Uh, what might have happened beforehand? We're going to give him some sort of response so that he can, Anthony, uh, you can have a look at it, read it through. Always good, I think, for our authors. They always enjoy seeing what their uh, readers um, write uh, and feel about. Uh, their uh, writing. Now, this is a very, very strong piece, folks. So if you're a bit squeamish towards the end, you might want to put your fingers in your ears. Uh, but uh, let's sit back and enjoy Anthony Horowitz reading from his latest uh, Alex Ryder, Nightshade. Hello, my name is Anthony Horowitz. I'm the author of the Alex Ryder books, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Hello, my name is Anthony Horowitz. Um, I'm the author of the Alex Ryder series. Those are the books I'm best known for, but I also write many other books for young adults, including with Diamond Brothers, The Switch, Gruesome Grange, and The Power of Five series. Uh, the most recent book of mine was called Nightshade, and it was the 13th book in the series about Alex Ryder, who I'm sure I don't need to tell you is a 14-year-old spy recruited by MI6 against his will. And this uh, most recent book takes place, uh, it starts in Rio de Janeiro and has Alex up against a new, very evil organization. And the chapter, or the part of the chapter, which I'm going to read to you right now, uh, comes quite early in the book. It doesn't actually include Alex. It's about an agent called John Crawley, the adult who actually employs Alex, who is meeting uh, a spy in a secret place in the middle of Rio de Janeiro. And this is what happens. Crawley stepped off the concrete and felt the grass under his feet. He had left the city behind him and was quickly being swallowed up by the park. There was nobody around him, but that was hardly a surprise at this early hour. A single jogger ran past and clambered up the slope of a hill, disappearing into a cluster of palm trees at the top. Crawley followed him more slowly. He reached the trees and saw the sea straight ahead of him with about a dozen sailing boats moored next to each other on either side of a wooden jetty. This was Marina da Gloria. Crawley had only visited Rio de Janeiro once, and that had been a while ago, but he had spent several hours on Google Earth, taking a virtual tour of the city. He knew that there was a major art museum close by, but if he continued along the coast, he would come to an airport. He knew the name of every street for a mile around. He quickly found what he was searching for. 
what looked like a sports arena, sat between the road and the marina, with two concrete circles cut into the grass, forming the shape of a figure of eight. A wider track ran all the way around it, and the whole thing was enclosed in a low fence. This was the Pistas de Aeromodelismo, the model aeroplane track, a place which had been specially built for Brazilian kids who gathered every weekend to fly their radio-controlled planes. Crawley glanced at his watch. He'd arrived deliberately ten minutes early. Apart from two children, a boy and a girl, who must have got up early and who were leaning over a model plane, putting it through its final checks, the track was empty. There was no sign of Pablo, but Crawley was certain that he'd be somewhere nearby watching. Only when he was sure that the area was completely safe would he show himself. He walked into the middle of the figure of eight and stood there waiting. Several minutes passed. The sun was getting warmer as it rose into the sky, and he could feel it beating down on his shoulders. He was glad he decided to wear a hat. The children had moved their plane to the centre of the track, and even at this distance, Crawley recognised the model as a supermarine Spitfire. It was incredible how the old warplane was still an icon all over the world. He heard them start up the engine. A real Spitfire has a deep, throaty roar, but the model was more like an angry wasp. Now the children were fighting for the remote control, arguing who was going to fly at first. A figure appeared coming through the trees, walked towards Crawley with the sea behind him. It was Pablo. When Crawley had shaken hands with him and wished him luck in his office in London, the agent had been wearing a suit. He'd been relaxed, sure of himself. Now he was dressed in torn jeans and a dirty T-shirt. His hair was long and matted and he had an untidy beard. His skin had been burned dark brown by the Brazilian sun. If Crawley hadn't been expecting him, he might not have known who it was. It took Pablo a long time to cross the arena. His entire body language was defensive, his shoulders hunched and his head twisting from side to side as if he expected to be attacked at any time. He glanced at the two children and hesitated as if even they might be a threat, but they were ignoring him, still fighting for control of the plane. Carefully he checked there was no one else around, then he continued forward. How are you? Pablo cruelly asked when he finally arrived. I'm glad to see you. If anyone had been close by, they would have been surprised to hear the words spoken in an upper-class English accent. Pablo was 27 years old. It hadn't been that long since he'd been studying politics and economics at Oxford University. We got your message, Crawley said. It's unlike you, you to sound so nervous. Pablo tried to smile, but he was obviously in pain. More than that, he was afraid and he couldn't completely hide it. You have no idea, he muttered. These people, I've never come across anything like them. You want the truth? They make Scorpia look like a vicar's tea party, he shook his head. You were right to send me here, Mr. Crawley. What they're planning, it's going to happen in London, and it's going to be soon. That's why I had to see you, to warn you. He was about to go on. But just then, the model Spitfire crossed the sun, casting a shadow over the two men. They were both trained to react to the slightest movement, and Crawford saw Pablo reach behind him and guessed that he had a gun tucked into the waistband of his trousers. He himself lifted a hand, shielding his eyes from the glare. He watched the Spitfire tear past. That was the sound it was making. It seemed to be ripping the sky in half. What happened to your arm? Crawley asked. Pablo touched the bandage, as if he'd forgotten it was there. He winced. There were three of them, waiting for me outside a bar in San Paolo. Suddenly he was angry. There's been a leak, Mr. Crawley. They knew who I was. They knew I was there. We need to get to the consulate, Crawley said to him. We're going to have to get you home. Yes, but first I have to tell you. Crawley was aware of the Spitfire before he saw it. It was louder than before, which meant that it was closer. What were the two children doing? They'd brought it swooping down, so low it was going to hit them. 
Suddenly it was in his vision, a dark shape, nothing more. He saw it shoot past between him and Pablo, the wings outstretched. There was a spark of light, the sun reflecting off something silver. Pablo shouted and twisted round, and there was a spray of crimson that seemed to come from nowhere, splashing over Crawley's shirt. Pablo fell onto his knees. The spitfire span out of control and crashed to the ground. The boy had dropped the remote control. Both children had turned and were running away. It took Crawley a few seconds to work out what had happened. Pablo had a terrible wound in his throat. He had been stabbed, but it was the Spitfire that had done it. One of its wings wasn't a wing at all. It was a knife, razor sharp, and the child, was it really a child, had expertly guided it out of the sky, using its own speed and momentum to strike the killer blow. Pablo was finished. There was no doubt of it. As Crawley knelt beside him, he tried to speak, but no words came out. This is radioblogging.net. Ah, I told you it was strong stuff, Russell. My goodness, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Edge of the seat stuff. Okay, folks, I'm on the uh, my little post-it here. I've put my name at the top and I've been writing and this is what I've got. I love the way the children, and then in brackets, the threat, are introduced early and then dismissed. That's a really clever technique, isn't it? To introduce something that actually is going to be a, a, a big part of the action but sort of slightly dismiss it um i thought that was very clever and then i've written the pace of the reading was as urgent as the writing if you listen to the way anthony read he speeded it up at certain points and then slowed it down it was a brilliant performance in terms of reading aloud so i've written that now one of the things that we've learned anthony is that we often get very excited when we're giving our responses And what happens is, and we learned this very early on, that everybody then, they write their response up and then they click um, on the rest of the Padlet in order to um, publish it. Well, it doesn't get published, actually. It says awaiting approval. And Deputy Mitchell will now be actually reading all of the posts that are going up and, uh, and approving them. But what we learned early on was it's very easy to miss out the simple things like, well, first of all, does it say what I wanted it to say? Have I done something silly like miss words out? Um, But also the capitals, the full stops, all those tiny bits that we have to be fussy with and pay attention to. Otherwise, our reader will find it very hard to understand what we're trying to say. So be fussy, everybody. Reread before you post it. Now, at the moment, it looks as if I'm the only one who's got anything written on there. But if you go to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net, look to the right and you will see a semicircle with an arrow. If I click on there, it refreshes uh, the page and bingo, up come all 20 or 30 responses um, all uh, already. And some of you have given. It's interesting, Olivia. I like the idea of a story. It's very creative. Um, and um, just uh, try and be a bit more precise with our responses, everybody. Uh, Chloe's a good example. I like the phrase, but that was hardly a surprise for the early hour. So she's been very precise in what she's um, fed back to him. While all of this is going on, um, Russell, do you think we could have a little musical interlude? We certainly could. Uh, no problem at all. I've got some nice go-get, some spy mm. kind of really exciting music. It's 60 seconds long. See how much writing you can get done, bloggers, in your time. It starts now. <laughs> 
Hello, I'm Cressida Cow, and I'm the author and the illustrator of the How to Train Your Dragon books and the Wizards of Once series, and I'm the Waterstones Children's Laureate, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Thanks, Cressida. And you can join Cressida on Radio Blogging on the 1st of June. Something to look, something else to look forward to on the 1st of June. Amazing. Uh, shout outs now. Thank you very much. On the text, please can you give a shout out and mention to Oliver, an avid reader of Anthony Hollowitz's books, Dean, Gregory, and, and I think it's going on to another message, oh, P5, P6 at Skell Morley Primary School in North Ayrshire. We certainly can. And thanks so much for listening. On to Twitter now. Thank you. These are really, really great there. Uh, Raffaella as well. Thanks. Wants to say hello to Felix. Her son is a fan of the show and, of course, the brilliant Anthony Horowitz as well. Just absolutely loving that. Cat, new listener, first time listener at home, and has some fab ways of getting cats down from trees, including using a drone. I love that idea. Listening with Hayden and Freya in Fleet in Hampshire. Hope the weather's nice down there with you. Thanks so much indeed for that message. Victoria Ellis, hello. Can we have a shout out for our friend Max Rolls? What a great name. That's almost a spy thriller name. Max Rolls. I love it listening in london we miss him very much uh thanks love jack and uh vix ellis you're very welcome no problem at all scott dunn i'm done oh, this is great i'm done with these puns let's have some fun it's scott to be done <laughs> stop stop now honestly that's really good thank you for that amazing there thought primary school hello to you as well thanks very much for listening I want to say hello to brian plum who's listening in london good to have you uh, with us today thanks so much hope you're enjoying the show uh, sue cove as well it started with stormbreaker and grew the powerful book of a great author. He is brilliant, isn't he? Super scary. I'm so not going near any model aeroplanes again. Uh, uh, Matt Carlaker is here as well. Sure to get one writer who's adored by an entire family. Two kids, different ages, and of course, dad too. It's Sachi and Yash are super excited and hooked on listening to their favourite author. Isn't that good? You can get both, all the children involved in that as well. And uh, Mrs. Algrine again, love books that transport you to a different country from the comfort of your sofa welcome to the joy of reading ian what do you have for me russell thank you so much yeah indeed joan has been in touch this morning can i have a shout out for my children uh grandchildren beg your pardon alfie and vinnie you certainly can indeed also kate uh woohoo we are emily and tom from osbaston church in wales school uh we are so excited to hear anthony horowitz today tom discovered him after reading his story from world book day thank you radio blogging you are very welcome thank you for getting in touch and letting us know because those are the kinds of things we do love to hear julia julia need has been in touch. Emily and Olivia missed the show yesterday as it was Emily's 11th birthday. Happy birthday for yesterday. And sister Olivia, nine, was busy making her big sister a rainbow birthday all by herself. How lovely. They are back with you enjoying the show today and what a show it is to enjoy today as well. Wilfred being in touch this morning, big Alex Ryder fan, halfway through the series and really enjoyed the description. What a good story. It's an amazing story and beautifully read as well. Uh, those are the emails and comments now. Thank you so much indeed. Rosie, it's your birthday on Bank Holiday Monday. Rosie, a regular listener, have a super, super birthday on Monday. I really hope you have a really lovely day. Uh, Sunny would like a shout out for best friends Alvy and Douglas who go to Mallory's Junior School. Also, Nicole has been in touch. Wants a shout out for friends Edward, Olivier, Sean and Fraser. Thank you. You are so welcome. No problem at all. 
Bethany is really excited because she loves Anthony Horowitz. Uh, we we do too, and we're just having the best morning this morning. Jessica and Abby would like a shout out this morning, loving the daily blogging. Well, do keep it going over the half term with the Radio Blogging Holiday Club. We're we're here, and we're going to be keeping it going with some fun. George, uh, hi, love Anthony Horowitz's books. Can I get a shout out, please? You certainly can, no problem. Jacob from Grange Park really enjoying today's show also dylan as well has been in touch and kitty holly super excited for today's show been listening from the start uh, and enjoyed the shout out wishing you a happy birthday well that's what we can do with live radio india very excited for horowitz friday um I really love the Alex Ryder books. Best book I've ever read, she said. Devon, uh, really looking forward. It's going to be amazing. It Well, it is amazing, isn't it? We're all having the best time. Erica, good morning. Shreesha as well has been in touch. Really excited for today. Uh, Max from Salisbury Primary School would like a shout out. Also Maggie as well. Um, Sachin as well. Thank you so much. Also to Bella and to Dean and to Mrs. Sawyer. Hello to class three and four at Lady Hastings. Thor Art Ollie has been in touch this morning. So many shout outs this morning. And finally for now, I'll do some a few a little bit later. Sam Hall, Red Stormbreaker, Point Blank, Skeleton Key, Eagle Strike, Scorpio, Archangel, Russian Roulette, The Folk, The French Convention, and I know what you did last Wednesday. Thoroughly enjoyed them all. Thank you so much indeed. It really is uh, the best morning. And look at the time, Russell. It is exactly smiley face time. And it's time to hand over to Pi Corbett. We've had over 100 responses on the Padlet. It's absolutely crazy. Um, lots and lots of good responses here. Some very, very thoughtful ones. I like the ones where it's very exacting, very precise, where we really tell the reader, uh, sorry, the writer, uh, what we thought. Um, so, uh, uh, Sarah here, what, what has caused the change in Pablo? Who are the children working for? Yes, a good writer raises the questions in the reader's mind. I like the physical description of Pablo walking across the airfield and reaction of the men to the approaching plane. Uh, Freya, the children were a big twist, but when it first mentioned, I thought they would be robot spies or something. Isn't that interesting, Freya, that when we're listening or when we're reading, we're constantly getting ideas in our head and then we change those ideas as we go along and we find out more information uh, through the reading. Lots of great responses there. I know Anthony will be thrilled with that uh, and uh, we'll be having a look at that. But it is time to move on. So, folks, if you come out of Anthony Horowitz's response, you can always go back when we listen to the interview and add to it, picking up ideas from the interview. And we can see now, those of you who've not been with us before, another Padlet. And it uh, says a lake is now i'm going to expand that and make that much larger so just underneath it it says click here so if we click on that um and it takes a few seconds and you can see there a lake and slam in the middle of the lake you can see where somebody has thrown in a pebble or something and you get those rings that um that spread out when you throw a rock or a stone into water and Deputy Mitchell has said there, make sure you check your writing before submitting. That habit that all writers have, they always reread, often reread their work aloud, actually, so that you can hear whether or not it sounds OK, but also you're more likely to be able to spot an error. You can always edit your post uh, just by clicking on it and the little pencil icon will come up. OK, so here we go. Uh, again, you click on that pink blob. And up comes it's uh, my posted. It says title. I type in my name, Pi. 
drop the cursor down to where it says write something. Now, I've got two ideas here and they are both linked. If you think about a pond, a circular pond, we could do six different ways of looking at a pond, six different ideas, metaphors, if you like, uh, of what a pond is like. Or we can do the ripples. Let's start with the ripples. I've just been actually, while you were all doing um, uh, the shout outs, I've been jotting down ideas for what the ripples are like. And you don't have to write a whole sentence. You can just write um, a phrase down if you like. So the ripples are rather like, that's what I was thinking of, or the ripples are, because I'm going for metas, metaphors here, rings on a tree stump, hula hoops, car wheels spinning, okay, coffee cup stains, watery suns, portals in watery depths, echoes. So those are my ideas and my metaphors to say what those ripples look a little bit like. And then I've got my ideas, very similar, um, but uh, these are in slightly more extended sentences. Six ways of looking at a pond. One, um, a pond's ripple shatters faces into misery and lines. Two, a pond reflects the memories of the children playing by its edge. Number three, the pond is sheets and sheets of lace gently laid on top of each other, glistening in sunlight. Number four. A pond is a net of faces and fish being dragged behind a trawler. Number five. A pond is a glittering pocket of beads trickling into a bag. Number six. A pond is a swan's paradise where she gazes into the darkness of its depths. So a list of metaphors. What is and to get a metaphor, you just say what the ripples are like or what the pond is like and just get rid of the word like and bingo, you've got yourself a metaphor. Could be a sentence, could be just a phrase, two or three words, just an idea jotted down. This is just to warm ourselves up. So I'm going to get mine in there. So it says pie. I'm going to go for my watery echoes. I'm just going to write watery echoes spreading outwards watery echoes spreading outwards and that will do me i'm going to put a full stop actually it's not a set where it is watery echoes spread outwards i've edited it slightly watery echoes spread outwards click it's awaiting approval and if i know what you lot are all like we will already have some bombing along there and deputy mitchell will be working very very hard in order to um, give approval to these. So while we're doing a bit of rocking and rolling and everybody is writing their metaphors up, Russell, have we got time for a, a little interlude while everyone's I working? I have indeed, and a lovely message from SF. Hi, I'm SF Said, the author of Varjak Core, The Outlaw of Varjak Core, and Phoenix. I feel um, right now, stories, poetry, arts, all these things are actually more important than they have ever been before. Just the other day, um, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed by all the news in the world at the moment, and just thinking, what, what am I doing making up stories, you know? Uh, and then I was picking up a children's book that I loved, and I started to read it, and within two or three pages, I was deep in the story. About 100 pages later, I came out of it feeling utterly refreshed and revived and renewed. And I think that's what these things are so good at and so powerful and important right now. So one message I would give to anybody right now, read for pleasure. 
Um, don't worry about trying to find something really educational uh, that you know your kids should be reading. Let them read stuff that genuinely thrills and excites them and transports them, takes them somewhere else, helps them use their imaginations because I think those are the things that are going to help us all get through this stuff right now. So I think pleasure in reading, in writing, write for pleasure too. Write stories you really want to read yourself. Draw for pleasure. Make pictures of stuff you love to look at. Um, I think that is so, so, so important right now. And I would urge everybody to, 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 to do all of that. Just, just get stuck in and enjoy yourselves because that's the best way to get through something like this. This is SF Said and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Great message there from SF. It's 17 minutes past 10 o'clock here on Friday the 22nd of May. You can catch SF live with us next week on Wednesday. So make sure you join to our holiday club. Just very exciting about that as well. Ian, what shout outs do you have for us now? Thank you very much indeed, Russell. Yeah, indeed, Rebecca from Brunel Class. Uh, hi, 17th day listening. Please can you have a shout out, Miss F. Poppy, and all my other friends listening today from Brunel Class Pointon. Uh, good morning to you. Thank you so much. Abby and Jessica would like a shout out as well. Logan saying hello to Mrs. Marley at Lancaster Road Primary School. And back to you, Logan, is a very big hello from Mrs. Sutton. She hopes you're having a very, very good day. Kitty, please can people comment on my posts? Well, do you know what? It's something that we do encourage because we do encourage people to comment on each other's. That way we build up a lovely audience around the world on this fabulous writing that you're producing. Uh, Shrisha, uh, good morning to you. Thank you for getting in touch. Ollie as well. Hello to you. Seb, good morning. Another returning listener. Angel would like a shout out for uh, Angel Lionel or Lionel. Not sure, but I'll hopefully get it right one way or the other. Lionel Primary School this morning. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Indeed. Um, Erica, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to hear from you, as it is everybody. Isabel, good morning as well. All of these are comments, of course, which you can leave at the bottom of the show page. Uh, just by going to today's show, scroll down and there's an empty box there which you can leave your comment. It will be moderated and then I can read them out later. Neve, good morning from Osbaston, has been in touch. Also, Jacob has been in touch as has Max as well, who absolutely loves Alex Ryder. Well, do you know what, what Max? You are in the right place this morning, indeed. Uh, thank you very much, indeed. Uh, Mark has also been in touch. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And do you know what? That's what we do. If you want a, um, a bit of feedback on how things work, on the site or you'd like some guidance or you just want to get in and touch and say hello we are here for that as well this is all about people's well-being so if you've got a message you want to say hello to somebody who you've maybe not seen for quite some time uh, and let's face it there are many of us who would like to say hello to people please do get in touch radioblogging at gmail.com or you can leave a comment or you can go to the contact padlet it is 19 minutes past 10 and it's over to pi corbett We've got some great ideas. Padlet going crazy, of course. Um, I'll just pick a few out. Um, Olivia, the ripples were mini waves. Lovely little idea, Olivia. Just reread that because there's something that your teacher would say. Be your teacher, if you see what I mean. Be strict with your sentences. Police your sentences. Uh, you'll know exactly what I mean when you have another look at that, Olivia. And if you if you put your cursor over it, then you can do a little bit of editing. Uh, Freya, a lake is a palace of crystals. Lovely idea. Uh, I nearly read my own out there, but I think I'll dodge that. <laughs> Axel from Stone School, the ripples like the sun fading. Ida, ripples are memories fading away. 
Bethany uh, ponders a blanket of reflection and truth showing you what is real and nothing else. Nice one, Bethany. Jenny, a lake is a door shining like fire in the sun of the morning. Nobody knows where it goes, like a portal into a magical underwater world, I guess. Jessica, a lake is the beauty of the sunset. A lake is the holder of a tree's rings. A lake is a witch's potion, the evening light. I love that idea of the lake being a holder of the tree's rings. Uh, Utkasha, ripples of rings that circle as much water as it can, like a king. Stan, the ripples are lost reflections bobbing on the pond. Nice idea, Stan. Ida, ripples of the sun slowly disappearing behind a cloud. Uh, keep writing these, uh, but you could also um, get them down in your notebook, um, make a long list of them, edit them, and then bingo, you have a piece of writing. Oscar, the ripples are like are like sinkholes ready to suck you in. It's a great idea of the sinkholes, Oscar. Remember to reread because you've repeated our like twice there. And I know that you could nip back now and just give it an edit because you've got a great idea of those sinkholes. CJ, a, a pond is like a portal into another dimension. That idea of portal stories, the Narnia type story. A number of people have picked up on that one. Well done, cracking stuff. I think while we're doing this, Russell, we are now ready to hear Anthony's interview. So, folks, you could either carry on on a lake is or you could nip back into the response padlet and jot down anything that you think Anthony says in the interview about writing that you'd like to hold on to. So here we go. This is Anthony's interview. Hello, my name is Anthony Horowitz. I'm the author of the Alex Ryder books, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. So there it is, a little section from the new book, Nightshade, uh, which has Alex Ryder up against an organisation which does have that name. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope, absolutely. Anthony, I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, you have raised my heart rate. I am thoroughly excited by the whole uh, manner of it. it you... Just the, the delivery, the word choice has raised excitement levels. You write so beautifully. Thank you so much indeed. That's the most gorgeous oh, reading, I have to say. Not at all. Well deserved. Absolutely well. You're, you are well practiced and your word choice is, is just stunning. Um, tell the listeners, if you can, please, about your characterization and how you actually build the suspense because almost every sentence has suspense in it. How on earth have you achieved that? Well, Russell, for me, the most important thing when I'm writing a book is a single word and it's immersion and by that I mean that I'm not sitting here in my London office with a computer in front of me or a fountain pen because I always do my first drafts with ink and a nib I'm actually inside the world I'm describing so when Crawley is crossing this park in the middle of Rio de Janeiro and I didn't instantly read the whole description of it because I was concerned about the length of time it would take but when he's crossing that park I'm seeing what he's seeing so he glances at these two children but he doesn't think they're important at this stage he might see you know the, the sea behind him the airport which I mentioned actually does t matter further down when the children run away and, uh, and there's a chase to the airport so I'm, I'm there with him and, and I'm inside the world of the book not outside looking looking in so how do you go about researching do you do any research in that did you look into model aircraft did you yes. did you do all of that 
It's interesting you should ask. Normally, I visit everywhere I write about. It's much easier. And you'll see with the nightshade, it's got an amazing climax to the book in two buildings in London. And I'm not going to say what they are because I don't want to give it away. But I went into both those buildings and went into places that the public aren't allowed. One of the joys of being a, a children's author is that you do get invited into sort of peculiar and interesting places. But the reason to visit is because it gives me the authority to describe it. I think it's much easier to describe something you know, and in particular, something you've seen. I'm writing for a generation which is very visual. Young people these days have images all around them. So it's important for me to be able to see what I'm trying to describe and for my readers to see it rather than just to read it. Now, in this instance, I couldn't go to Rio de Janeiro. It was too far away, too expensive to get there. I didn't have the time. So I used Google Earth, which is a wonderful uh, gift to writers like myself, which allows me to visit streets in any city in the world and to sort of wander around virtually. And it was while I was visiting this park in Rio de Janeiro that I came upon this 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 race this um uh, track which has um children flying model aeroplanes. So in other words, I didn't invent that and think, oh, it's a man who's going to be murdered by a plane. It was finding it there and saying, oh, I can use this. What an interesting idea that the children are flying a plane and one of the wings I'll turn into a knife and that's how they how they do their evil deed. So so the research. Sometimes research backs up what I've already thought about, but often research and visiting places will give me the ideas that, that I then put into the books. So during your visit to the buildings, undisclosed as they may be, how did you note down your observations there? What does your notebook look like, Anthony? Um, well, I do keep a very detailed notebook when I'm writing these books. And instantly, I should explain that having chosen these two buildings, and I, I can see one of them even now as I'm talking to you, um, I went, the first port of call is always the internet, and I, I looked around this building on the net virtually and discovered then that there was this secret chamber there that I wanted to use and then got permission to go there. And when I went there, I, I do have a notebook, and I did take some notes about sort of distances and possibilities and how to make the action sequence work. It was quite complicated to work out. When you read the book, you'll see that the action is very, very complicated. I mean, you know, there are 500 people involved and and and... Alex Ryder, of course, and various weapons and, and distances and all that stuff. So I'm taking notes, but to be honest with you, what is even more important to me, and I've already talked about the, the fact that writing for me is a visual medium, is I take photographs, lots and lots and lots of photographs, so that when I come back to my desk, I have a visual record of everything that I've seen, which I can then use to describe for, for my readers so that they feel that they're there too. Thank you. That's just brilliant. And how important is accuracy? And I was just watching a Poirot the other day, and I know you you've written a lot for him, amazingly. So uh, there is there's also some great lines from some of the characters there, and and he comes across some um, protagonists in uh, in some of his action scenes where there's a writer in there, and she goes, "Oh bother! This this isn't uh, asparagus season," and she's written asparagus into the book. How important is is accuracy, for example? to you? Well, accuracy is not one of my first major concerns, if you're going to this truth. I think if you're in a story and you're enjoying it, will you really care if the character is eating asparagus two months after it's out of season? The answer is that there are some readers who do look for these mistakes and actually get enormous pleasure from them because they can say, oh, look how stupid the writer is. He didn't know when asparagus grew or whatever. And so when I get sort of people, um, you know, writing such such notes about me, um, it's sort of it's water off a duck's butt because I've given that person pleasure anyway. That said, though, I do try very hard to be as accurate as possible because 
because that's just because to me, I'm frightened that people will stop believing in the story if they stumble across evident inaccuracies. But that said, I mean, you know, you'd have to be pretty clever to spot the mistakes. There are some in Nightshade, I'm sure, that I've made because I did take enormous care uh, over it. And I always think of, of Arthur Conan Doyle, who, who wrote um, the Sherlock Holmes stories. If you go through those stories, there are so many inaccuracies, so many things that don't make the stories work. I'll give you a very good example, but in one of his stories, everything uh, revolves around the ability of a snake to climb a rope when somebody plays on a flute. So, so the killer plays the flute, the snake hears the sound and climbs the rope and then kills the person. And all of that is absolutely wonderful. It's one of the most famous of all the Sherlock Holmes stories and probably many people's favorite story. And it doesn't seem to bother anybody that, first of all, snakes can't climb ropes. And secondly, they're deaf. So, so there's an example of two inaccuracies in one famous story. Does it matter? No, not really. No, we've all seen plenty of ones. And some carry-on films as well. <laughs> we've seen that in as well. Uh, amazing. Uh, any top tips for young folk who are, uh, and our purpose is to try and encourage creative writing and this kind of storytelling. Um, top tips for young folks. So primary, early secondary, school-aged young folk who are starting out on their writing journey. What's your advice, Anthony? Well, I can only go back to when I was their age, or perhaps a little bit old, when I was 10 years old and began to write myself and just discovered the love of writing. I think that if you, if you want to be a writer and you want to write, you will know it inside you. There is a sort of a something that just clicks on. For me, it happened anyway, that there I was, a not very successful, not very clever uh, child, always bottom of the class, always picked on by the teachers, unhappy for lots and lots of reasons, despite my very... Um, wealthy and privileged background, just not doing well. And then I began to write and something inside me clicked and I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I think to any young listener in, in primary school or wherever, I would say this, that, that if you want to write, you will know what you're doing is the right thing. You will know, you'll have an inner voice that will guide you. So don't be put off, believe in yourself, follow your instincts, do what gives you pleasure. And if it gives you pleasure, it will give other people pleasure too. Anthony, thank you so much indeed. It's been an honour and a privilege to chat with you. You are so an, such an exciting person. And thank you so much for joining us. Russell, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Keep well and, and, and the same to all your listeners. Radio Blogging, bringing unique learning opportunities every day. You're listening to Russell Prue, Pi Corbett, Deputy Mitchell and Ian Rocky. What better way to start your day? Wowzers, my trousers, that was something else, wasn't it? He, he is so full of bounce and energy and enthusiasm for the work that he does fantastic interview lots and lots in there i love the way he said at the beginning and actually reminded me of the poet ted hughes when he said i'm absolutely there i'm there in the story i'm inside the book i'm not outside looking in i'm actually the character glancing over their shoulder i'm seeing what my character is seeing and i think that is the way to do it to get absolutely committed uh, and involved cut everything out when you're writing don't listen to anything at all cut it all out and focus right down so you're there in the story it's happening and you are part of that story commit yourself to the writing ignore everybody else that's the way to do it folks what a cracking thing well we've got a lot on the padlet uh russell it is absolutely amazing 
Um, Fran, a pond is a keeper of memories, a pond is a mirror of swans, a pond is a thieves den, a pond is a fish's pocket paradise. I love that idea. A pond is a mini sky, a pond is a welcoming mother. I mean, these are this is superb writing. Uh, absolutely top of top class stuff. Yeah, five and six key worker children at Oldway. Hello there. Uh, meteorite crashing down on the lake surface. Wrinkles on an old people's face. Oh, what a cracking idea. The ripples are like skimming stones going over the lake. Uh, Shrisha, a lake is a circle of cheerfulness. I could spend all day with these. There are so many lovely bits. Toby, the lake is a mirror for the sky. What a great idea. Fragile and easily broken. I love that. Well done. Excellent work going on there. We do need to come out and nimble as ferrets. We need to go down because now we are at the live writing session and um, we've got an image there. David, can you just talk us through the image uh, and what we're about to do? Yes, the image we've put, we've placed just below the window there of, of the mirror. You should be able to see that. Um, and I've put in uh, the text that Pi sent to me uh, yesterday that's there for you to uh, to read. I'm sure Pi will read it to you as well. Um, this is a live writing window, and it's using something called Jotcast. So the adults in the who are listening, um, who are teachers, this is a great resource you can use for your home learning uh, or in class as well. It's fantastic. And myself and Pi use this uh, quite a bit in our own work, don't we, Pi? Yeah. Um, now, uh, I can control everything that's seen through this window because when you write into the orange box at the bottom, it comes through to me first. And to make sure everything's safe, it's read first and then approved for everyone to see. What we'll ask you to do in a moment is to type in your name in the name box. You can do that. Just your first name will do. And if you want to put your school name in there as well, feel free. Um, Pi will give us some instructions. And this is quite a fast-paced uh, section of the show here where we all get to uh, write into this window and Pi will be um, orally giving some feedback and talking around what you are writing and we do this for a number of minutes we get through thousands of words in this time so again we're going to be writing quickly but we really want to try and make sure we check what you've written before you send it through and one of the key things the one I one of the patterns I see is missing punctuation at the end of sentences and I think that's just from rush uh, our our writing so that's what we'll do um, if you want to put your names in the name box and Pi will give you some instructions he may read that out for you um, and then we'll get going so Pi over to you okay I've got three ideas running through my piece you could create a mirror of hope and have somebody seeing something that they would hope for or you could have a mirror of despair and so you show something that would be um, an awful thing to see. So I looked in the mirror of hope and saw a crowded theatre. I'd love to see that. Uh, my despair one, I looked in the mirror of despair and saw a library in flames. I really wouldn't want to see that. All of the others are going back to Kennings. I looked in the mirror of knowing and saw a library of word thoughts. I looked in the mirror of daytime and saw an endless cloud lake. I looked in the mirror of winter and saw frost feathers fall. I looked in the mirror of forests and saw a sly chicken cruncher pass by. I looked in the mirror of storms and saw cloud tears and electric spears. I looked in the mirror of clothes and saw a shoe snake tied in knots. I looked in the mirror of anger 
and heard a voice fist stake its claim. So slightly easier to do a mirror of hope and just have something that you really love to see or a mirror of despair, something you really don't want to see. If you really want to be challenged, have a go at doing a kenning. So you invent your mirror. I looked in a mirror of whatever it's going to be, um, storms I had. And then I invented my kennings. So the rain became cloud tears and the uh, lightning electric spears. So this is always, as David said, the hectic bit. He will be approving and watching absolutely everything there. And I will be rocking and rolling, trying to comment as best I can. I looked in the Bethany, the mirror of delight and saw a sugar white beach. Yeah, I love the sugar white there. Uh, I looked in the mirror of feelings. Nice star, Isla. And I looked in the mirror of flowers, Amelia. Now you need your second line that ties into the first line. Big challenge, Sachi. I looked in the mirror of dreams and saw a small dream flying. I looked in the mirror of nightmares and heard a screaming child. Uh, challenge for you, Sachi. See if you can now go for in the second line. Think about your idea for the second line. Try and go for a uh, using a kenning. Thomas, I looked in the mirror of hope and saw my friends playing Tig. Yep, lovely idea. Jenny, I looked in the mirror of mountains. Now get for a sec. Get into a second. Uh, sentence Jenny Eloise I like your mirror of hope go for the second one now India I looked in the mirror of hope and saw my future that I await it's nicely phrased now do another one Joe Pierce I looked in the mirror of hopes and saw children nice one Joe push yourself um, actually you could do some answering that would be very useful adults comment on the children's I looked at the mirror of winter saw delicate snowflakes fluttering down lovely idea Chloe can you turn those delicate snowflakes into a kenning Abby I looked in the mirror of knowledge nice star Abby now you need the next line Ella I looked in the mirror of spring and saw thousands of daffodils growing if only um, yeah they've all, they're all over now but my garden looking good george i looked in the mirror of north and saw a hunting stone dragon never to rise ollie i looked into the mirror of despair and saw the aftermath of nuclear disaster that works well ollie do another one now seb i looked in the mirror of hope and saw jack um yeah i don't really understand that one um it's a character i don't know uh see if you can try kenning out seb sachin i looked in the mirror of wind and saw birds flying not with their feathers but by the breeze can you sachin get a kenning for birds that would be quite a challenge have a think back to the work we did with rob mcfarlane on the lost words day bethany i looked in the mirror of rhythm and began to tap my toes that's clever because it even sounds like rhythm uh, and began to tap my toes well done bethany emily i looked in the mirror of vampires now can you do uh, the second one uh jenny uh you've got a pack of wolves running through the trees that's your second line well done James, I looked in the mirror of horrors and saw a snake climbing up a rope coming at me. Ooh, uh, have a look at that one, James. That word coming at me. Maybe you can tighten that up, slithering towards me. I don't know. Ollie, Northborough Juniors. I looked in the mirror of shock. Now cracking with the second line. Adults do respond. I looked in the mirror of flowers. Amelia here saw children running through fields of poppies. Because those poppies, there's a slight edge of sadness always for poppies. Sadness, but beauty. Jessica looked in the mirror of the past and saw the clear water against the fresh air. Nice one. Guest, I looked in a mirror of coughs. Guest, you need to put your name in there so we know who we're talking to. Um, go for the second line now. B-pop. I looked in the mirror of hope and saw mummy's cuddles. Nice one. Arthur, I looked in the mirror storms, mirror of storms. 
and Harry, the Mirror of Winter. Now, what's your second line going to be? Can you go for a Kenning? So um, there are hundreds here. I'm just losing my way now. If I skim down, um, Abigail, I like the way Mrs. James are coming back at Abigail. It's like a juxtaposition, mirror of truth and seeing a book of lies. Very interesting. I agree with that. That is an absolute cracker. So thanks for that. Um, I looked in the mirror of George, mirror of confectionery and saw Cadbury chocolate being made. I love chocolate. Don't tempt me. Stanley and Wilfred, well done for working together, you two. I looked in the mirror of hope and saw a million diamonds. Okay, we have, uh, uh, there are hundreds coming up here. We need to come out. So pop out from there, everybody, because we do need to go now to the final activity. Phew, it's 10.40. We need to be now coming out and just going down to activity three, breaking news. And this has always been a popular one. This is where we do our blogging and then you can record um, your blog um, uh, right at the bottom with the extension task. I'll read you my piece. And so what I thought we'd do for breaking news, we would have, uh, as I say, a news break. We're going to try and use voices. And I've built it around the drama of the cat at the top of the telegraph pole. And um Here we go. So breaking news. I'll read it to you. uh, And then, David, if you could talk us through how we record it. Um, Okay, here we go. Breaking news. We are sorry to interrupt this program, but there has been further news concerning the plight of Tibbles. Early this morning, Tibbles became stuck at the top of a telegraph pole on the Broadway. This is Bob Eagleston handing over to Bella, who's with our outside broadcasting unit. Bella, can you update us on the situation? I can indeed, Bob. I'm here with Mrs. Crimpline, who is Tibble's owner. Mrs. Crimpline, can you tell us what has happened? Oh, it's been terrible. It all began this morning when we saw something small and furry in the kitchen. I said to Tibbles, go fetch, boy. But did he? No. One glimpse of a mouse and he's straight out of the house and up the nearest pole. I'm not happy. The man in the pet shop sold Tibbles to me on the basis that he was a good mouser. A renowned killer of cats, he said. I've been diddled. I see. Well, Bob, the fire crew have arrived and this is Farman Bill. How are you going to get Tibbles down? Uh, it's a straight up and down the ladder job. Just you watch my boy shimmy up that ladder. We'll have that cat back on terra firma before you can say howdy doody. Well, Bob, it looks like the fire crew have the situation in hand. So it's back to you in the studio. There we are uh, doing the voices. Lovely to have a couple of characters in to interview. David. Can you talk us through the recording of this? I can indeed. Um, the recording is one of the team's favourite parts of the show to listen to these. And it's a chance for the children, to, for listeners to get their voices on the show in the opening, which is a fantastic achievement. Um, what we All we ask really is that you are brave and have a go. Uh, we're getting more and more children doing this every day, which is fantastic. There is a player uh, in that uh, section that Pi has just read from. There's a player you can 
play and it will give you the instructions on how to leave the audio. Um, you can make sure when you're doing it, uh, you're in a quiet place if possible. Uh, Russell, uh, he goes through and adds all the little jingles and makes it sound professional um, overnight. So it's ready for the, for the show. Um, practice is one of the key things. We want you to try and practice this, do it quietly somewhere in a room, in front of a mirror, whatever you want to do. And when you are ready to record, just to mention that the recording when you start is not final. You do get a chance to listen back to it. If you're not happy, you can then do it again. And only when you are happy, you can click save and it will then get sent through. And even then, it, you're on your own. You can you can edit your own should you wish to change anything as well. So there's lots of ways you can do that. Follow the instructions. And like I said, later on today, we go through and we listen to them and approve them, ready for uh, everyone else to listen to them. So it's a great part of the show. One of my favorite things is to listen to these. So good luck with that. Okay, great. Thanks, um, Russell. We've overrun our time, but we've had a fabulous show uh, this morning and it was worth giving time to all of that. Um, can you wrap things up for us? Always with pleasure. Just before we go to shout outs to the fabulous professor, uh, competition entries. We've had loads of inquiries today. Look, guys, we've had so many entries. We're really, really sorry. We are just snowed under by them. But what we're going to do is we will have a winner to tell you on our first show next week. So on Tuesday, Ian and I will announce the winner and then Pi will read that winner's work on the 1st of June when we come back after half term with our full radio blogging show how's that i hope everyone's happy with that it's the very best we can do and we've had to rope in some extra folk and thank you very much to the team uh, headed by joe pierce as well who are just giving up their time uh, to read through those so thank you so much indeed we have been humbled and so delighted so thanks so much indeed ian what do you have for us Russell, thank you. Mrs. McCalmott's been in touch. Good morning to you. Uh, shout out for Stonewood Woodford. Mrs. Baker as well. Uh, and also Axel, also Charlie as well. Shout out for his friends. Izzy would like a shout out to my grandma who is listening today. Mrs. Shirtcliffe, a very uh, regular um, contributor to our show. Shout out to any children from Classmore for Maroon. Uh, Maroon, I beg your pardon. Thank you for the phonetic spelling school. There are some new listeners from my class today, I think, because I let everyone know <laughs> it was Anthony Horowitz. And he has lots of fans. Miss Little, good morning to you. Hope your imagination and fingers are ready to blog some more delights. Also, Miss Neil from St. Stephen's Community Academy in Launston. Oh, Launston. Love Launston. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, on the comments, we've got a few just to get through. Love to try and get through everybody because you do take the time to get in touch with us. We've had Oliver this morning, also Callum and Ewan, Neve, also Jacob, uh, shout out to his teacher, Suze. Um, Seb Fisher, thank you so much. Max, Erica, Ilya, Lorraine Harrison. Of course, we are featuring next week in our holiday shows next week. Such an important message from SF Side. Read for pleasure, especially in the half-term holiday. There is no better time. But read any time, of course, but certainly in the half-term. It's a lovely time to be able to do it. Uh, and also Blake from Lionel Primary School as well. It has been the busiest morning. And just to end... Uh, one of our very regular listeners who's been with us from the start, Sachi, says, wow, Pi can do awesome voices. Well, <laughs> do you know what? It is one of his many talents, Sachi. Uh, and on that note, I'm going to say that I will look forward to being on air with my very good friend Russell again at 2.15 this afternoon here on radioblogging.net and also on Sunday with All Request Sunday. So if you've got any favorite tunes you'd like to hear us play on sunday 
do get them across to us by email on radio blogging and gmail.com and we will play them 13 minutes to 11 russell over to you to close the show thanks it sounds like tiddles a bit of fur from tiddles has got stuck in pie's throat there for just a moment <laughs> i was terribly concerned i hope you're okay he is very good and we'll have more of that for you catch you at 2:15 today until next week when we are back with you on the tuesday radio blogging will start in force with a full team on the first of june have a great half term whatever you're doing ian and i catch you at 2:15 today welcome to radio blogging daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged brought to you by pi corbett david mitchell ian rocky and russell pro just listen and blog it's live fun and interactive and with new educational tasks every day just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more